As we get started today, just a quick note that in my uh, sermon last Sunday for the body scan exercise at the beginning, I totally forgot to give credit to the author that I pulled it from. It's from a book called My Grandmother's Hands by Resma Menachem. It's a great book. So that's where that came from. Apologies to Mr. Menachem. Today, as you know, is the day after Christmas. So think back for a second to your post-Christmas present opening scene. At least in my house, okay, the presents are open, the paper's all torn, you know, maybe someone got out a trash bag and has tried to keep up. The ribbons are strewn about, there's boxes and plastic liners from toys. You're trying to sort through what to keep and what to toss. Do I really need more used bows this year? And at least one person has one of those bows stuck to their head, right? Maybe the dog, too. The scissors are missing again. Kids are playing with new things, fighting about new things. Someone's crying about something. Someone's trying to assemble some extremely complicated toy with an instruction book that only has pictures. If you're the cook in the family, you're trying to get the meal cooked. You're trying to make sure that the grandparents get called, get yourself presentable for a picture at some point. Or maybe, maybe your holiday was quieter. Maybe you spent your holiday dozing in front of the TV or the Christmas tree in your comfy pants. But whatever that scene was like, the doorbell rings. Who do you hope it is? Who do you hope it is not? When our house is a mess, we know there's some people we would open the door to and others that were like, oh, please, let it not be this person. Some people can roll with the mess. Others might walk in and, ooh, the eyebrows go up. I'm the kind of person, you know, my, my parents pay for us to have a house cleaner a couple times a month, which is great. And it never fails that the night before, I'm dead tired, and I look at the house, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to clean up the house for the cleaner to come so that she can get her job done and so that she doesn't judge me. I don't think my cleaner judges me, but I always feel like she will. Anyway, it feels like we need to have our house in order in order to receive a stranger or a guest. And I think sometimes we feel that way about God, too. Like we have to get everything in order, neat and tidy, before we can turn to God or pray or expect him to give us good things. But Christmas reminds us of this truth, that God is with us in the mess. It's a simple sermon today, guys. God is with us in the mess. In the incarnation, in Jesus God came into a messy world full of really messy people, and he didn't raise his eyebrows. He opened his arms. We are more aware than ever in this community that we're living in a messy world full of messy people, and those messy people are us too. So church, God is with us in the mess. In the mess we're in right now, God is with us in the mess. Well, what's the mess? Our scriptures today use a couple of metaphors of pictures for the mess God entered into, one is the metaphor of darkness, which is a metaphor for sin, for ignorance, for being lost, um, being in the shadows rather than in the light. Imagine that you're in a strange house and it's night and the lights are off and you're trying to move around, right? That's the, the picture of what it's like without Jesus. Another metaphor that scriptures use are being enslaved or locked up by the law and by sin. That image of being trapped and powerless, like we can't get out at the mercy of the law and what it revealed to us about our sins. 
This reminds me of one of my very least favorite, somewhat common things, which is when the power goes out in my house. Eric will tell you, what about dinner? What about our food? What about the internet for the kids in the afternoon or for work or for my own precious time in the evening? And there is nothing I can do about it. Nothing. I can check the status on Comcast as much as I want. It's not going to get it back on any faster. Powerlessness is a horrible feeling, even when the stakes are as low as that. That is a very small picture of the mess we were in before Christ Jesus came into the world. Nothing we could do about it. Now, Jesus has come. We don't need to pretend like he hasn't come. We're not in the same mess as before, but we're still in quite a mess. On this side of the cross, we've received that grace in place of grace that John mentions. We're not locked up by the law. Grace has come. But we're still pretty powerless. We're powerless to change ourselves. New Year is coming, and you can establish some habits, and, you know, a couple months in, they're gone. Powerless to change others. We're at the mercy of those with more resources than us. We're at the mercy of this virus that just keeps going on. We're at the mercy of other people's choices about it. We are powerless about so many things. What a mess. And yet, even in this mess, our current mess, whatever feels most out of control to you, God is with us in it. I get very surprised by my own mess sometimes. Some of you have very tidy houses, I know. Mine, sometimes I come home or come upstairs and the kids have emptied out every single toy. Like, just take the buckets and they dump them out. They find the toys that have 100 pieces and the 100 pieces are all scattered around. Art from school piles up. There's books everywhere. Some of them are the kids, some of them are mine. There's a glass of water from who knows when. Sometimes I look around and I say, how long has that been there? I did it, but it still catches me by surprise. Sometimes I think we look around in our world too. How long has that been there? How long has that been there in me? How long has that been there in our relationships? I get surprised by the mess. And I get surprised about the messes that life throws at us, at me. We are easily surprised by the mess. But God isn't. God is not surprised or taken off guard by our mess. God knew that water glass was there, whatever the equivalent was in my heart. He knew it was there, and God is with us even in that mess. We are powerless. God is not. Just look at all the powerful things that God does in our scriptures for this week. In Isaiah, he causes righteousness and praise to spring up from all nations, all nations, as inevitably as the seed springs up from the earth, which is pretty inevitable. In the psalm, he sends snow and hail like breadcrumbs. I love that analogy. I just see him kind of sprinkling it out there. Cold against which no one can stand. And then he melts it just by speaking. And in John, that God's word comes forth just as it did in creation, creating everything where there was nothing, as powerful and effective to bring life and light where there was nothing at all. Powerful. How does God's power show up in our mess, in our messes? Well, we know that he transforms the world with his power. On Christmas Eve, Pastor Steph gave a sermon in which she used an analogy, which I really liked, which is that 
Jesus didn't come to put Band-Aids on broken things that can't be fixed, just a bunch of Band-Aids trying to hold it together. But he came to heal, to mend them completely, to make them something new. God's power does that in our messes. He doesn't just do that out there. He gives us power too. But what kind of power? Power to receive him. The ability to receive him. The power, the authority, or as our translation puts it, the right to become his children. The power to be transformed by him into his likeness. And the power to be his agents of transformation in the world. That might not be the power that I want. I would like to be the fixer, (laughs) right? But that's also a lot of power. The power to be transformed truly and made new and to bring that healing to others. In the mess of our world, in the places where we are most powerless, God empowers us to do what he does, to be people who also commit to be with others in the mess. He empowers us to trust in the name of Jesus. These are my two application points if you were looking for applications. Today, there's an invitation for you to trust Jesus, whether that's a new thing for you entirely or whether that's simply a call to invite Jesus to be with you in the mess, to be with us as a church body in the mess, rather than spending all of our energy trying to clean up the mess so that we can receive Jesus. No, here's the mess. Lord, come on in. He also empowers us to become the kind of people who commit to be with others in the mess. This is an invitation for us as well. Do we show up in people's lives and messy homes with judgment or with love? Now, there's truth here too, because we bring light as well. But I'm meditating today on what it looks like for Jesus to sit down in the middle of the mess in my Christmas scene living room. And what does it look like for us to do that with people? to sit with them in the mess, to practice that kind of withness in the mess, loving people, rather than saying, hey, clean that up. God is with us in the mess. He didn't wait for us to get the house cleaned up first. In fact, in the Christmas scenario we started with, God is not the uninvited guest who rings the doorbell and shows up in our home. God is our father, the parent, already there. He gave us gifts. We're the kids who get to receive them and enjoy. And Sometimes we fight about them, and he helps us figure it out. He will get the house cleaned up. He'll ask us to help him a bit, too. Every family has its chores. But never fear. God is building a house, and it's good. For no word from God will ever fail. Thanks be to God. Amen.